Hello and welcome to Creative Lives, the Lecture in Progress podcast. Lecture in Progress is an online resource that inspires and informs the next generation of talent by providing practical advice and insight into the creative industry. This podcast series features a broad range of people talking about what they do and how they got to where they are. Our guest this week is Atega Uagba. My name is Atega Uagba and I am a writer, a brand consultant, a speaker and the founder of Women Who, which is a community or a platform, depending on which way you look at it, for working women, particularly those who work in the creative industries. Sometimes I'll be hosting workshops at companies, especially sort of creative agencies or media companies. So they'll kind of invite me in to host workshops for often for the female contingent of their workforce. And a lot of my time is also spent having meetings and just kind of having coffees and getting to know new people who I might potentially want to work with or who want to work with me. So those might be brands or PRs. And yeah, that's yeah, pretty varied. <laughs> Atega's journey proves that drawing on a diverse range of skills and turning an interest into a specialism can really set you apart in the world of work. Having followed a fairly non-traditional and zigzagging path, she cuts an impressive figure. Earlier this year, she was featured in Forbes magazine's 30 Under 30 list, and she's also become a Sunday Times best-selling author with her first title, Little Black Book. One of the things I've really enjoyed doing was developing and hosting a personal branding workshop. It's something I wrote about in my book and I felt needed expanding on, particularly in the creative industries, having a strong personal brand or even having a strong professional brand, if you want to think about it that way, is really, really important, especially if you're self-employed, which I am. So I quite enjoy just kind of lifting the veil on a lot of the really easy techniques and strategies that a lot of people are using to great success. I do think that even if you're working in-house, it's really important for you to develop a strong personal brand. It's important in terms of getting a new job. And, you know, even if you want to jump to a new company and again have, you know, full-time employment contract, it's so important because that's what sets you apart from other candidates that you'd be competing against. With her regular output spanning everything from writing to running workshops and consulting for businesses, she tells us more about her work and how she balances her time day to day. About a month ago, I drew up a timeline spanning from, from June to October of all the things I need to do each week, which probably sounds quite intense, um, but I just kind of have a couple of big projects. And then things are kind of slotting in around that, things that come up, but I'm trying to make sure that I stick to that timeline. My main clients from the brand consultancy side of things tend to be agencies. So I started out my career working in advertising, working in ad agencies. So I find that most of my contacts are still there. So it might be kind of, you know, a big above the line ad agency or it might be more of a production company. And my role will be anything from sort of more kind of business strategy and brand strategy side of things and innovation to also just research. Often, sometimes people just want to speak to me just to kind of pick my brains. So that kind of tends to be the majority of my brand consultancy. And then other clients that I work with are media companies and just, just companies who want me to come in and host workshops or give talks, kind of internal employee, employee engagement kind of programs. So I'll work with them, to develop those, uh, host a lot of workshops, often also for cultural institutions, I've worked for places like the Tate, uh, the Tate Modern, but I'd say most of the work I do in that sense all kind of relates back to my kind of 
bigger mission with women who kind of writing I do. So on that side of things, it's those sorts of clients. And then in terms of my writing, it's just magazines and media publications. So places like Elle or just kind of all the quite classic like women's media or creative publications who, you know, I might pitch them or they might commission me to write something specific they think I'd be a good fit for. This current way of working is still relatively new for Otega. Rewind to 2016 and she had only just stepped into the world of freelancing, leaving behind a career in advertising with companies such as Vice and AMV BBDO. She tells us how it all began, from growing up in London, then studying at Oxford University, to starting out in account management. I was born in Lagos, Nigeria, and I lived there till I was five, so I don't remember that much about it, I'll be honest. But then after that, I grew up in South London, and I'm very much a South Londoner. I still live in South London, and I'm very loyal to it. When I was younger, so I guess when I was a teenager when I kind of had my first kind of genuine career aspirations, I think I assumed that I would just kind of go into quite a corporate job, like banking, law, because those were the jobs I was exposed to because of the school I went to. That was kind of what they pushed as viable careers, just kind of, so I didn't know the creative industries existed basically when I was a teenager. I entertained the idea of being a journalist or a writer for quite a while in my late teens and early 20s when I was at university. But I studied politics, philosophy and economics at university. Easy on the economics. I dropped that after a year um, because it just felt too mathsy for me. So I then stuck with politics and philosophy, which I really, really enjoyed. I think it was really rigorously taught and it really forced me to examine how I use language and to be really critical and to be really analytical about language. My first steps after university in terms of the world of work I covered reception. I temped for a couple of months at this pharmaceutical communications agency, which is actually where I ended up getting my first full-time job because after a few months covering reception there, they, you know, needed like a junior account exec and I was obviously in the right place at the right time and they kind of saw that I was up to it. And so that was my first proper job out of university. And then from there, I moved into advertising. Definitely when you're leaving university and a lot of my friends are doing quite boring jobs. A lot of them doing unpaid internships. A lot of them working crazy long hours in corporate roles. My job seemed like the super glamorous one where, you know, you'd have like fancy client dinners and drinks and like loads of parties and get to do quite glamorous things and go on shoots and all of it was work. You know, that was actually what my job was. So I think at first I was seduced by that, but I think... It was just a question of that building up to a point where I no longer felt I could do it anymore, which took about five years. And to be fair to advertising, I learned so much doing that. I credit that with like a really good understanding of branding and marketing and how to kind of sell a product or sell a person or sell a th- anything really. I mean, advertising is about selling stuff. So I learned how to sell stuff. Otega describes how the idea for Women Who came about and how she first got it off the ground. So I knew I wanted to start some kind of platform for women, creative women. I don't think I realised it was going to be as careers focused as it now is. I think that happened quite naturally because I really, it, it really took off when I'd become self-employed. And so I was navigating all these career questions. That seemed like a really obvious angle to kind of integrate into it. And I had the idea for the book when I was strategizing and developing women who, in truth, that decision to initially self-published Little Black Book, which is what I did. I self-published a print run of 250 copies 
the decision to do that was purely a sort of promotional tactic because there are and were so many platforms out there at the time that all kind of playing in the area of kind of women's platforms or professional women's platforms and I really wanted to differentiate myself from them and also really just kind of have like a calling card as to what it was Women Who was all about which is about providing practical advice and practical tools and resources to help women work better so it's not just about paying lip service to like feminism or empowerment it was about actually doing something I sent it to like a whatsapp group of some of my friends and said if I wrote about this would you read it and they're like yeah and so that was it I really didn't put that much thought at all into the content of that first book or that first version of the book and it was really very much a brain dump like out of all the things I've ever written that was by far the easiest thing to write because that was just so easy I just put down what I thought basically (laughs) I don't think I felt qualified to call myself a writer until after Little Black Book had been published probably by Fourth Estate because it's such a lofty title but I think I think I'm a decent writer I think I'm a good writer and I'm also someone who reads a lot and so I know what good writing looks like so even if I can't necessarily emulate it or live up to that standard I do feel like I have a good level of awareness of what good writing looks like and I think that hopefully feeds into my own writing like I can tell when something I've written is bad even if I can't do any better I still know that it's bad and vice versa I can tell when something I've written is you know quite good As something of a role model in the world of multifaceted career paths, also referred to as multi-hyphen or portfolio careers, Atega shares why she thinks it's a good idea to build a diverse skill set. I've definitely noticed over the past couple of years that people seem to be much more open to the idea of a portfolio career or being a multi-hyphenate, which I think is a word that gets used a lot these days, whereby you have like two or three or maybe even more different types of jobs you do all different skills or different disciplines. So maybe you are a photographer and an art director and an illustrator, and you also I don't know, work in a cafe and just doing lots of different things. So for me, I'm a writer, I'm a banker, so I'm a speaker, I run women who. So those are four things that are different, but also quite interrelated. All And I think the reason more and more people are leaning towards that is because a lot of employers don't treat their employees particularly well or have just really inflexible, rigid structures. And I think a lot of people are finding that actually they can have a much more enjoyable lifestyle, not necessarily earn more, but just have a much more enjoyable lifestyle and feel much more in control of their lives and their personal lives by striking out on their own and kind of sort of assembling a career based on three or four different things. And it also is much more interesting. Like I've realised in the past couple of years, I actually have quite a short attention span, which is not something I realised when I was working full time. So actually this way of working is really good for me because it means I can always kind of move on to something else and always still have something to do in another arena. Something I get asked about a lot, especially from sort of new and young grads, I've done a bit of mentoring here and there, is a lot of people kind of look at my CV or my website and they say, oh, you're a freelance brand consultant. How do I do that? I want to be a freelance brand consultant. Or they just say, I want to be a freelance consultant. And I just say, consult on what? Like, I think there's this real fetishization of the idea of freelancing or self-employment or brand consulting. But the only reason I'm in a position to do that is because I spent years working a nine to five and learning how those systems work when they're working at their best, you know, learning best practice, learning how to get on with other people, how to manage clients, what is and isn't acceptable for, you know, the industry standard and just picking up skills, making contacts. And I think a lot of new grads, and I understand it, but there's a real rush these days to 
you know, head straight into self-employment, head straight into consulting. But I do think there's a lot to be said for working a nine to five once you've left university and just learning what it's like to dance to the beat of someone else's drum. So you fully appreciate it when you no longer have to. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say that self-employment is right for any, everyone. I think it suits some personalities and doesn't suit others. And I think some people are cut out for it and other people might not be. And I don't think it's the be all and end all. But yeah, I think there's a kind of, there's this like perceived like kind of false dichotomy between the two. And there's a lot of overlap. People kind of hop back and forth across that barrier all the time. So I think it's just important to be really open-minded to what a nine to five can offer you. The advice I'd give to anyone starting out within the creative industries is to read a lot and do a lot of research to keep up to date with what's happening in the industry, to read publications like it's nice that and read, you know, industry magazines, business magazines, and, you know, keep up to date with culture, find out who the new brands are, who the new interesting people are, who the tastemakers are. I just think to stay informed because I think that is where either the opportunities will come from, but also that's how you'd be able to set yourself apart. Like I think being really well informed about a particular area or trend or cultural reference is really important. And I think particularly within the creative industries, like people hire you for your opinions and your ideas as much as they hire you from for, you know, pure technical skills or even more so, I think, for your opinions and ideas than in other industries. I think just having something to say for yourself is really important. The only way to do that is just to read voraciously. And I don't, it doesn't have to be books. It, you know, there might just be online articles or magazines, but just really keep your finger on the pulse. And I think from that, you'll either spot new trends and spot new opportunities that you can create for yourself, or you'll know what's kind of coming around the corner and then be in the best position to leverage them. This episode of Creative Lives was brought to you by Lecture in Progress. It was presented by me, Indy Davis, and the guest was Otega Uagba. The editor was Ivor Manley. Lecture in Progress is made possible with the support of a number of brand patrons. They include us two, Jeff Smith, and the Paul Smith Foundation. For more information, check out lectureinprogress.com.